Hey, it's Felicia with Black People Fuck with Harry Potter. Welcome to the season finale. Tonight, we're covering the Sorcerer's Stone final chapters 16 and 17. It's me and Ashley, no Adrian this week, but we did bring in some special guests just to commemorate the end of our first season. So pull up, grab a drink, and join us. Um, so did you read this week? I listened. The same, right? That's yeah. like my book club. I'm like one of two people that read. Everybody else just audibles. Yeah, I um, attempted my best to uh, contribute. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Um, so we're back for another like we girls edition. Every week with, I solemnly swear I am up to no good. I solemnly swear I believe you. Yeah, not the the bad part though is when I do try to do good, it never really works out for me. So it's usually like people expect me to do something bad anyways. So I just feel like half-ass good. Is that what you're talking like half-ass? But you'd be like, my bad. Your cup makes me so jealous. Like, do you have the cap on it? Ashley has a specialized Gryffindor Ashley cup that was made by our very own Taryn Tate. I ordered mine, Hufflepuff edition. It is not here yet. So every time we have this podcast, I have to sit here and watch Ashley with cool shit. You know, what's funny is I have several other Harry Potter cups and um, I almost went for one of those and I was like, no, this is my pod cup. This is my pod cup. My pod cup's on the way. I have a mug. I have a Hufflepuff mug. Oh, let me show you something. Oh, that triggered a new wall for me. I also did get a memory book. Did you get anything in the mail? No, no, not yet. But I was saying that I am now keeping my podcast notes in my brand new... Harry Potter memory book slash pensive. Yes. I almost bought one the other day when I decided I was going to try to read them and uh, take notes. But I also have been trying to to stop spending stuff on such frivolous things. Mm. But I do have some handmade Harry Potter masks, two different styles that I'm hoping some lucky listeners will be able to win by... What, what did say? So this 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 is this um, participation. We're looking for participation from our listeners. So if you go to our Instagram, uh, Black People F with Podcast, and leave us a comment, we're looking for your favorite character. Is it and why? Favorite character and why? And on November 9th, we'll be giving out our first giveaway, which is a Harry Potter mask. We're timely, you know. We're looking at ways that we can help uh, protect our fellow man, and also you likes and, li- and listeners, bitches. I'm trying <laughs> to bribe you with some masks, ho. <laughs> All this hard work we got. You know how much you know how much hard work this is. Bribe you with a mask, ho. Bribing y'all with some mask, hoes. So on November 9th, we would like to hear. We'll we'll be selecting the the top answer, favorite Harry Potter character, and why. Again, you can visit us on Facebook or Instagram 
Yeah, yeah. Black people F with podcast. Yes. And um, if you can tell us the significance of November 9th, Ooh. that's a bonus. Write it on our Facebook or Instagram wall, and that will be a bonus. You'll be an instant winner if you can answer instant the significance winner. of November 9th. All right. All right. So, Ashley, what did you do this week? I feel like this week flew by. Not me. I had Monday off, and I felt like by Tuesday, it felt like Thursday. You know, it's funny. I had Monday off, too, but I have two jobs, so I just picked up another shift somewhere. <laughs> that was terrible, two jobs. Yeah, but, you know, you get paid to really kind of do absolutely nothing at all, which I think is kind of harder than sometimes. But I literally have been drowning. Like, my house right now looks right, like the requirement. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you just say drowning? Drowning. Okay, just want to make sure we got two D's in the drowning. Word. Ha- drowning. 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 Like, Drown- yeah, drowning. 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 Yeah. Well, I have a I have a physical impediment. You know, I have an underbite, so my words don't come out all the way the same. Um, but my house looks like the room requirements because I went Amazon Prime motherfucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And when I tell y'all, you guys, you know, you guys need to send out advance notices of things you want us to boycott. Because by the time it gets to me that we need to boycott Prime to shut down big business and, and tax taxes and stuff, I don't know, I already bought a whole bunch of shit. So I, you know, I can't even really contribute to the boycott at this point. And I, I you know, I'm selecting my boycotts at this point, you know, but I'm I so needed that electronic scale, you know, that connects to my phone. I needed this ring light. I really needed the ring light, you know. I need you all can't see Ashley, but she looks luminous. <laughs> I needed this book to talk about Chris Watson, how he killed his wife and two kids. I needed these things. These are all things that I needed to purchase on Amazon Prime. I need you to stop putting stuff on Facebook that leads me down rabbit holes. That's what I need. It's fun, huh? Yeah, I read about his mistress. It made me sick. I was like, oh, I got Oh, we listened to the one I posted today about his mama. You know what? I just, you know, I'm thinking- I make treat Sawyer different. <laughs> <laughs> My baby, oh wait, was she nice to him? Because I, the, my, that nice is, to him. Like oh, she was yeah. like a type A personality and like they were like, they were just, you know, instilling this trait on him early on like that nobody just picked up on. It's kind of creepy. It made me kind of be like, oh, look how dudes interact with their mamas. I guess that's true. I love a little book. bit important because the parents like didn't go to their wedding and stuff. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, there's a new documentary uh, about a family next door, murder next door, something like that about Chris Watts. Um, it's a very interesting Netflix documentary if you if like you're crazy. so inclined to crime. Or if you just want to be paranoid. That's all the thing that happens to me when I watch shit like that. I get hella paranoid about people. Me too. Like, I it's not worth it. Like, you want to leave me? Okay. All right. Yeah. You know what? I'm in support of that. Right. <laughs> like, you have to have that sidebar with people now. Like, if you want to leave, just go. You don't have to kill me. I promise. This is cool. Just. Yeah. Like, I'm not even going to do anything crazy this time. Let's go. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah. So yeah. we are going to cover in this episode, we're covering the last two chapters of the Sorcerer's Stone. Y'all, we are the done. finale, bitches. Season finale. First of all, I can't believe we made it through episode one. <laughs> so the fact that we finished a book says something. And I think, well, we're, we have six more books to go. Yeah, so it's not even a big deal. It's not even be- a big deal at this point. Deep, deep, um, and squeezy. Yeah, you guys got through it. 
yeah, and shout out to everybody who's listened to all the episodes so far and shared this with somebody and gave us feedback. Y'all are real MVPs. So we are going to use this opportunity to get better and better. And yeah. hopefully the next books, each book gets just fucking better. You know what? After I was re-listening to this shit today, I mean, rereading, wink, wink, today, I was just like, damn, to know how things end and just things that he was saying early on you're like bitch you had to have known how this was going to end yes you wrote book one and i don't even know like you start thinking about character development and story development i fancy myself uh clever Mm -hmm. and i was like i'm gonna write a book i'm gonna do like a children's book series type thing it was gonna be a um three three book series because I couldn't do seven like she did. And I wondered if she knew it was going to be seven or if she realized like the content was so full that she would need to put it into more books. And so she was like, I'll just make it each year. I don't know how that really came about. Um, But I do know that I had an end goal in mind and getting there got so messy. I was like, that doesn't make sense now. Like I just think about how much time it takes to come into that. And then especially with JK Rowling, she especially took care behind so many little details that I yeah. can't even begin to think either she is a, a full out genius yeah. or she has a lot of time or, um, you know, and maybe I should do more research on her, but I don't know if she was a literature buff to begin with, but yeah. she has so many connections between history, mm-hmm. uh, actual events. Um, she takes from mythology. She takes from, you know, I mean, everything everything there was a lot of symbolism in that and it's funny because my dumb ass so after you dropped that bars on us last uh episode about the mars quote every little thing to me that was like something clever i was like i wonder if that's something and was googling shit my browser's <laughs> gonna be all kind of fucked up trying to code some shit that don't make no goddamn sense yeah well that one stuck out because i was like it's weird that now that's been said three times by three different centaurs so let me just see that this like I could feel the foreshadowing. I, yeah, I I missed it. I missed the mm-hmm. mark on that one. Well, this week we're trying something new. I'm not the only one that read. Ashley read via Audible, and we are both going to discuss, you know, what we what we took from the story. Um, there's a couple of things I'm interested to hear your take on it. As always, I always love reading this because I've read the book so many times, I've seen the movie so many times that everything sort of runs together, and this is a sort of a clarifying event in my mind and it leads to a lot of additional questions okay all right so chapter 16 is through the trap door so in the last couple of chapters as you uh remember they have figured out what has happened with the sorcerer's stone and they were getting rid of the dragon and they got in trouble they ended up in detention and harry saw voldemort drinking what he assumes is voldemort drinking blood from a unicorn which would give him life so he's pretty freaked out by that, I, I think, understandably. But for some reason, Ron and Hermione don't really care about this, which I thought was weird. I mean, I guess it's getting really close to finals, but like just in general life, like if I had a scale and it was like scariest wizard ever was drinking blood from a unicorn and my owls, you know what I'm saying? Like it just seems a little little off. But it's about the measurability to how close you were to that event, right? Like. Harry is the boy. Harry's parents were killed by this motherfucker. Mm. Yeah, He's I guess that's the true. The boy who lived, I think, it's going to cause him a little bit more distress than it being almost like a, a fairy tale to them. 
right? He lived it. But then also he just saw this. Like, I would be scared. Mm. Anything like just, I don't even, like Voldemort doesn't even exist, but you're drinking blood from a a unicorn. That's going to scare me. Also, unicorns don't exist. The dynamic of Harry's whole personality interests me in in everything. And, And I think we'll talk more about that through like, these last two chapters about just some of the decisions that he made and, and what what values he prioritized that helped guide his decision making and what he thought was more important. So they do get through exams um, and then- Barely. Barely, barely. Well, and Harry starts to feel his scar hurting. So that's unsettling for him. And as they're trying to talk through sort of what's happening and he keeps kind of bringing this up, I would say it's an epiphany to him that he just feels unsettled about something that's happened and he he can't figure out what. Mm -hmm. And he just starts thinking like, does anybody else think this is very strange Mm -hmm. that Hagrid won a dragon? Like the one thing he's wanted more than anything just happens to come to him. And he happens to run into somebody who can give that to him. Right. It's like when you be at bed at night and you think back what your nigga told you he did last night. But yeah, right. Like, like, Chick-fil-A was, it was Sunday and Chick-fil-A wasn't open, motherfucker. Where were right. you at? And now you got to wake up and figure it out. It was like that. Yeah, exactly. And you started thinking about it like, you know what? Like, that didn't even make sense at the time, but it's just the way no. you saying it was like, okay. And right. now it's like really stuck in there. And you're like, we're going to have to Hold talk. Hold up. Hold on. Yeah. That don't even make sense. So they do. They go and talk to Hagrid. They say, yeah. okay, Hagrid. Um, what happened? No, my favorite part was when they rolled up on Hagrid. He goes, y'all want a drink? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, oh, oh. The way was lit. All they, the time. They had like drinking ages though. Like they had certain ages where you couldn't go on field trips and shit. But I was like, dang, they really got fucked up over there because he was really offering them kids a drink. Yeah, but he was offering them stuff like... Nah. They were about to have have some uh, some butter beer or something. But they were allowed to have that stuff. I wonder if that's like, you know. It wouldn't be if they celebrate Easter or Christmas, but I'll let that go. Yeah, that's probably a good idea because we already covered that. (laughs) Uh, So basically he says like, Hagrid, don't you think it's kind of weird? Hagrid's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, how did this all come about? And Hagrid starts telling the story about how yeah, no, it was just you talking to this guy and he has this dragon, mm-hmm. but he wasn't really like sure he wanted to give it to me because this is, you know, it was uh, pretty, I mean, it's illegal to have dragons. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like when you have your drug dealer and yeah. they got to you out first. So he says, he's asking me, like, he wants to make sure I can take care of stuff. He, and he says, what, I mean, I told him after taking care of Fluffy, this should be right. He said, oh, was he interested in Fluffy? Well, yeah, everybody's going to be interested in a three-headed dog. So they realize at this point that each of the, um, there is like a, a, what do you call it? A charm, a spell, a riddle, a something that's protecting the sorcerer's Mm -hmm. stone. And it was Professor Ben, Professor Quirrell, Professor Flitwick, Hagrid. uh, McGonagall. 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 Dumbledore. So there's that many layers between the average public, plus you got to get into Hogwarts, right. and Sorcerer's Stone. Right. So they realize at this point that this man has somehow, and they, they Harry believes that Snape, because the, Hagrid said the guy's in a cloak. But I, I don't think him. that they, I don't think that they knew that there was that many layers yet to it. 
Yeah, that he had said like every teacher has part, like they said that the teachers participated in making right. sure it was protected. Right. Protected. but I don't really know how many. Mm -mm. Yeah. But they do know that Hagrid was responsible right. for Fluffy. Right. So he was sort of drunk when he meets the guy. He tells him like, well, you know, and I told him, I, I know how to take care of creatures. In fact, take Fluffy, for example. All you got to do is make sure he hears we music. All didn't, we all didn't talk a little bit much when we be drinking. And maybe repeating ourselves a couple of times. It happens. It, yeah. Some, some people hashtag Ashley. A little, a little, a little uh, repetition never hurt nobody. Yeah, I fucked up last weekend. My bad. <laughs> that's that's for a separate combo. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about the podcast. Now we're gonna have uh, offline conversations. There we go. All right. So at this point, they realize like Snape is going to steal this this snitch, right? So they go to Dumbledore right away. You know that. Sorry, I keep. I know you shouldn't have told me to have commentary this week because now I'm like every time I think about something. But it, it was interesting to me how instinctual it was for Harry to go to Dumbledore. Because it's not like he has like this broad history with him, like where he's built like this trust where he's had all these interactions. But it's like he instinctually knew where to go in this scenario of something, you know. Okay. But to be fair, Dumbledore is historically known as the most powerful wizard and is essentially the principal. So if you thought that they were hiding something or that they were protecting something that could have the biggest impact on your world, he seems like a logical go-to, don't you think? Yeah, but then it was also guarded around like, you know, I always felt like kind of McGonagall was kind of a pseudo mom to him too and like was super powerful and respected too. Like, you know, they weren't going to tell her what the shit, they was going straight to Dumbledore. Um, you know, and they found out that he was gone, like a well-timed letter from the ministry telling him to get over there, come to London, and he just happened to be gone at that same time that they're trying to, they're starting to figure out that, hey, they're going for the Sorcerer's Stone tonight. Right, and McGonagall's the one that tells him, like, Dumbledore's gone. Mm -hmm. Let me assure you, this is very well protected. Yeah. Uh, all these layers, and so then Harry's just like, well, fuck. Snake's definitely going after it. Too. Right. We gotta get. We gotta get with the shit. Let's rally troops. They devise a plan. Ooh. So the idea is that they're gonna watch Snape. And no, they was gonna have Hermione watch Snape. Yeah. They well, they were gonna watch the the third floor corridor where Buffy mm -hmm. is. And Hermione was meant to stand outside of the teachers. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what is it like a the teachers, like a teachers lounge. And. She, they're like, look, if anybody comes out, just tell them that Professor Flitwick, you wanted to ask him about one of the questions on the exam, which right. is which is exactly what happens. Right. <laughs> and then Hermione's like, yeah, I got to talk to Professor Flitwick. And Snape goes to get Professor Flitwick. So she just leaves. Right. Which I'm like, I can't think of anything more suspicious. Right. Than saying you need to talk to somebody. And then when somebody goes to get him, you. Not yeah. when it's her, because she came back with her score. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I was going to tell you, but I actually got like 115% on that shit. But it would not be outside of her personality, in my opinion. Right. At all. I don't, that's why I don't think that would be super suspicious if she right. got caught. I got 115, but I'm trying to figure out why I didn't get 100. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. What's the, what's, the po what's the highest possible? So she goes back and tells them that he's gone. He went to go get Flitwick. They decide it's time to go try to figure out what's going on. The plan basically just falls apart. Mm -hmm. so the only thing they can think to do is like, well, we should just steal it first. 
And then at least we know that Snape doesn't have it. I, wow, these smart-ass 11-year-olds, they just are so brilliant. All I could think in my mind, though, was, I hope I'm not raising this kid. Mm-hmm. Like, at 11 years old, his I'd be okay with it. Is, no, 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 no. I'd be okay with it. Actually, you realize what they're about to do? They're about to go try to preemptively steal something that's been under the protection of the most powerful wizards at Hogwarts, and they're up against who they think is Voldemort. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, my 11-year-old's going to kill it. Yeah. Some things are worth it. That, I think that's one of the biggest things that kids are missing these days is empathy and having that ability to like put themselves Function. in a scenario of like, yeah, kids don't have empathy no more. Like kids don't have empathy, sympathy, none of those things. But to, to have a perspective that something bigger than me that could impact the whole rest of the world, I could prevent and be with, with the shit. Like I will, I am willing to go back to an abused, neglected closet under the stairs because I understand the significance of what would happen mm-hmm. with the alternative. I want that fucking kid in my house. I'm okay. Yeah, with I that. want that kid at my house too. I just don't want it to be my kid. Yeah, you know, that's honorable. Honorable. Yeah. That's why I couldn't have kids. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry that they said fuck you, but I mean, it was it was with good intentions, and you know, they they the context. <laughs> we got our kids to say say how they feel. You be alright. But did all you right. die though? <laughs> These eleven year olds, because I also understand. I feel like it's one thing for Ron who's grown up in the wizarding world. It's another thing for Harry, who has nothing else to lose. All I keep thinking about Hermione, whose dentist child is just like, okay. I feel <laughs> like that's the power of like, do you have friends that just- Influence? Not even influence, but like, you just know that you were meant to be friends. Like, mm-hmm. if you think back, you're like, I don't even know how we met, but like, nobody would like put us together as friends, but this is my motherfucking bitch. Okay, right. I need to know who is your nobody would put us together as friends, but this is my ride or die. Who's that? Right, person? right. And I feel like we all have those. Like nobody would know. Like you're who's yours? Most, who's yours? Who's mine? Um, Ooh, lots okay. of white friends that uh, people. Don't know. <laughs> no, I feel like your one, your old boss. That is definitely. Oh, Victoria. Friend. Yeah, that's you know that's an OG for sure. But like. Um, like, even in high school, like, be, becoming friends with Julio and Brian and all them, like, they went to different middle schools than I did. Like, I met them in high school through, like, girls that they were trying to date. That was my friend. And then we all started hanging out and figured out, like, we all grew up with our grandparents. Our moms all had similar stories. And then we just became best friends. And we've been best friends since ninth grade. You yeah. know? Like, shit like that. Like, who, who would have put us together? Like, star athlete. Uh, my other friend don't give a fuck about shit. I just told jokes, you know, and we're still friends. Julio is tall. Julio is tall. Actually, he's gonna come over here later today and put my TV stand together for me. Shout out to the real one. Like, he's coming to see you, like it was like a visit, and then I realized you guys live in the same town. You don't live where yeah. I live. <laughs> so these kids get together, a uh, unlikely trio of friends, and decide that they're gonna get underneath the invisibility cloak. They've got a whole plan, and guess who sees them? Neville. What? You know, I don't know if Neville be at the right place at the wrong time or he be at the wrong place all the time. Like, he just always just, 
Neville. He, he's trying, look, 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 look. And this is where I think like Neville definitely, like I think everybody has a secondary house. So I am primary Hufflepuff, secondary, I think I'm Ravenclaw. Hmm. I think Neville definitely is primary Gryffindor and time will mm. show that. But he has a secondary Hufflepuff quality because he is very loyal. He's all about justice, you know, doing what's right. Mm. He's patient. And I feel him. Like, I like it when people follow rules. That's just yeah. who I am as a person. Me too. And they just lost 150 points for Gryffindor. Yeah, he was so like, they're in the that. last possible position. Um, the, the laughing stock of the school, he sees them leaving and he's just like, you guys, I can't let you do this. Right. And they're trying to tell him like, all right, we got it. We understand Neville, but step aside. No, my right. favorite part of that to me was, I feel like the men tried, like they tried in their way to be like, all right, Neville, like whatever. And then finally, when they couldn't figure it out, they were like, Hermione, like do something. Do something. And she just stepped in and put a spell on that motherfucker and just knocked his ass out. I actually find that funny because in real life, I feel, well, actually at that age, that might make sense. But in real life, I always feel like men feel like they're so capable that they would yeah. never look to a woman to be like, oh, do the thing that we're right. here to That's learn. That's what I loved about their friendship, though, is I think they always knew Hermione was the smart one. Like, they always deferred to her, her wisdom and, like, knowing, like, she, she had an answer for it. Well, and the thing is that she is smart, but they're mm-hmm. asking her to perform ma- magic. Like that, all three of them took all right. the same classes, right? But they're like, right. Neville, stick up. They're, he's like, you told me to stick up for myself. And Ron's like, yeah, but not against us. Right. Like, <laughs> right. right. And I think that skill, like for her, it comes out even later on as they, you know, go through there where she's able to like, you know, say like, this isn't like extreme talent. This is fucking logic and just you know what her real strengths were in terms of just yeah being a thinker so she does a full body bind and poor neville ends up totally awake <laughs> but his arms and his legs are stuck together he falls over she's like sorry neville and they leave him yep and poor neville. I, right i'm like he just stays like that till they come back or somebody finds him i'm not really sure so they they get under the um cloak they go up to the third floor corridor invisibility cloak i want one of those me too and the door is open so that basically means guess what what somebody already went in there somebody already went in there there was a couple of more cock blockers though that was trying to uh get in their way though before that miss norris's punk ass which I low-key think Miss Norris is like a person. Like, Miss Norris probably be transfiguring into something that's like Filch a side bitch or something because he loved that cat a little too much. And then little ghost man, uh, ghost peeves came and tried to block him too and they had to act like the bloody baron and that scared him and then they let him too. Right. I'm telling you, this is a, a I feel like this is going to be a Reddit conversation. Was Miss Norris human and somehow got transfigured and stuck into think that. about it he loved that cat too much for her yeah, to just yeah. be a little kitty cat and she had like some red eyes and stuff i don't know miss norris miss norris might have been a bitch okay now you remember the movies right mm-hmm. so in the movies they go in there the dog's asleep mm-hmm. and there's a harp playing yep the so harp was going time. When I'm reading the book and I'm like, oh, it did not happen like that at all. No, it did not. I, that's they, how I felt too. Right. I was like, wait, what? They go in there, they see the harp, but the dog is awake. 
Harry had grabbed a flute that Hagrid whittled for him, which I think is a very strange gift for an 11 year old. Yeah. But I guess when Hagrid was 11, it was like. Well, it was also giving him drinks and all kinds of shit, too. Yeah, Hagrid's sincerely inappropriate. He's the best at I put my life in his hands. <laughs> but I also have terrible judgment, so. Well, yeah, so maybe don't trust me either. So Harry starts playing the flute. They open the trap door. Neither Hermione or Ron want to go down because they can't even see what's down there. So right. they basically decide, Hermione, you play the flute. Harry's just going to jump down. Right. Harry jumps down and lands in a plant. And he's like, hey, guys, it's fine. So Ron jumps down. Right. Hermione jumps down. This is another part of the movie that differs than the book. They start freaking out because they're the first two down. Hermione looks over and they're like, hey, it's fine. And she's like, wait a minute, I don't think it's fine. You guys are like, the plant's trying to get Hermione. She sees that they're already tangled up and it starts, the more they're moving, the more it's trying to get them. And she's right. trying to calm down. It's sort of like quicksand. Right. To, like, hang out. Right. And, um, I laughed out loud. I very rarely laugh out loud. I just need that to be known. Like I'll be entertained by something, but I very rarely laugh out loud. And there's a part where she's trying to tell them, like, just stop fighting it. You have to, like, relax. This is, um, I know what this is. This is, what is it, snare? What is that thing called? Devil snare. Devil snare. She's like, we need to find the light. So she's looking around. She's like, oh, my gosh, I can't find any wood or fire. And Ron basically yells at her, like, well, are you a witch or not? <laughs> it's a little funny to me because she said, she was trying to think about what what it was like she was like i know this i know this i know this and then she said it lights the dark and the damp i know that because i wrote it down to google if there was a secondary meaning to that and there is not <laughs> what there is is mold and light fixtures and that's what the fuck that means. <laughs> <laughs> you took this everything's not symbolism motherfucker sometimes it's just light in the dark of the damp yeah sometimes it's just a description yeah I, I think it's funny though, like before Harry jumped, like they suggested that Hermione go first. Yeah. Hermione, why don't you go? You know what I mean? But that's feminism. Everybody has a chance. But think about the trust that they had built. Like if I was like, hey, Felicia, jump down there. Like just just jump in this dark room and just 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 go. Are you gonna okay, do it? Me, you and Adrian. Yeah. And there's something that's like jump down there. Who Adrian you, who is you smart. I'll tell you what Adrian would say. Adrian's going to be like, go big girl. <laughs> That's exactly what he's going to say. You know, big girl, go. Uh, you have a godson. I need to live before you. You go. So who do you think would end up, like in all logic, who do you think would end up going first? Me. Okay. Me for sure. Because I would get frustrated after a while and just be like, fuck it, I'm just going to go. And even if I die, it's fine because I'm tired of arguing about <laughs> this time like i am literally the friend that has no will to live like when you hear about those people who like <laughs> survive the forest for many like days I, that's not me like i would just be like leave me like i'm just gonna die here like i'm not gonna eat drink my own piss and like like live like if i were to be trapped i'd like just go like i'm just gonna die here that's fine come get me you know that movie 24 is based mm -hmm. on that guy that fell in the um he was hiking in the arizona desert and he fell oh. and he got his arm trapped and he was trying forever to get it out and he couldn't, so he ended up having to yeah. cut it. So that was like real like, life. Like when I watched Saw, when I watched Saw and the dude cut his leg off, I don't have the will to live like that. Like I just like, you know, it's fine. 
that's the thing that I always think about, like the desperation of that. I wonder if I have it enough to be, have self-preservation mm-hmm. or if I would just be like, somebody's going to come and get me. I don't have the cardio to survive no serial killer running after me. And then I just, after a while, I was like, look, you know, it is what it is. Like, I'm not going to keep doing this back and forth with you. But <laughs> I, I definitely think <laughs> I would be the, I, I'd be the one to go. Cause what I'm just going to get frustrated is then I'm just gonna like, well, fuck it. Shit. So I kind of felt the same way, but if you said you would go first, I feel like that would be better for me. Yeah. So they get, go. Yeah. So once <laughs> they get down there and she produces. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that just made me think about why did please, why did you ride that exercise bike like that? <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> Listen, I was like multitasking and I just happened to like log on to Instagram and I put my phone down and I wasn't paying attention. I looked back. Man, I just seen you <laughs> on this goddamn bike. I was like, what am I? So I work out and <laughs> I have an Instagram page where I like vlog <sighs> my daily workouts. Uh, meant to be inspirational. Also, if for whatever reason I get money from it, I haven't figured out exactly how to monetize this. I'm just giving myself opportunities. Is Listen, after seeing that, bitch, now you got to go, you got to jump first because you're the only person who got upper body who can pull yeah. yourself back up if shit don't go right and get back up that fucking hill. We had, we had a workout. If anybody knows what an assault bike is, it's basically like a stationary bike. But the difference is, is if you're on a stationary bike and you start moving, you're like, oh, I've gone somewhere or I've burned some calories. This is the type of exercise where you'll be like on there for three minutes and look up and you've only burned three calories. It is yeah. exhausting. I hate it. Oh, and the funny man. part is though, is in my mind when I'm working out, doing everything, I'm basically a fucking professional. Like I think I look so amazing. So I started videoing myself to look at form because I didn't want to get hurt and I was trying to make sure I was doing stuff right. Then I was like, I'm gonna video my workouts so that I can put them on this website. I'm gonna be this great inspiration. And it's turned more comical than I intended. Yeah. But today, especially, cause on that bike, I'm telling you, usually I feel like I'm doing this. And today I was like, I'm just gonna, I know I'm being watched. I'm gonna Girl, do it. I was so like, was I, think, I think what made it funnier to me is I, I wasn't paying attention. And that's the only part that I saw. <laughs> like, like, oh my God, did she do it wrong? Is she gonna yeah, fall? So after that bitch, you gotta jump first. I'm like, look, you got more chance of getting back up if you know, shit don't work out. Did you see when I did the handstand push up and fell over? No, I'm telling you, that's the only part I saw was you on the bike. Oh, I was graceful the whole workout long. Oh, dog. I, I was in here tickled. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I'm glad, I'm glad we can find lightness in the dark. Hey, that's friendship. I would say that we, we have a parallel friendship to these groups that we are all so different, but have things that work that make us see the, the strengths in each other. Okay, so this is going to be a good bar. Bar. Dropping bars. So the first thing that happens is they recognize after Hermione's like, okay, this is double snare. It doesn't like dark. She creates a light. It lets go of them and they get to move to the next hurdle challenge Mm -hmm. step. It lights the dark and the damp. So obviously the devil snare was produced by Professor Sprout, who's the Herbology professor. Next up, they're standing there and they see all of these birds or bugs or something and at the end of this tunnel is the door. So there's sort of an assumption that they're going to get attacked. So 
they run across and you know harry's like i'll go so he runs across first and there's not nothing comes after him so they all walk over realizing that that's not the deal and then they see oh it's a lock on the door mm -hmm. what's above them are keys with wings they had some crazy ass wings right and i have i actually i bought this book for my daughter it's the um i don't know what you would call this what do you call this uh, beetle and barbs no it's like the visual the artistic version of the book it's a oh. um let's graphic. not forget felicia and them have money and privilege and status right it's a book she's gonna join the real housewives of potomac it was 19 dollars and my point of saying this is, is that it, it includes a lot of like artistic interpretation of the story. Mm -hmm. And I feel a lot like I should know the word to the, what the story is and I just can't think of it. Anyway, so when, um, when it shows the keys, I, it was like, I really thought that was like a cool drawing. It's like all the keys have wings and they're trying to figure out which one they need to catch. And right. then they recognize that one of the wings is bent. Right. Different than the other. And it looks like it fit the lock. Right. And there are brooms. Right. So you know who's calling that is, right? right? The youngest but, speaker in a hundred years. It's your time to shine, baby boy. Look, Hermione shined with the plants. It's your time to shine, baby boy. The youngest seeker in a hundred years, you have an eye. That means you have an eye for things that other people don't see. You know how hard it is to catch a goat and snitch? You know how hard it is to catch a key with wings, cuz? That's just hard, cuz. But you know who's up to the motherfucking challenge? Harry, Harry James fucking Potter. motherfucking Potter. That's who. So you know what the little brave little abused boy did? He got yeah. on that motherfucking broom. And what'd he do? He did what any real nigga would do. He sought. He sought? <laughs> he sought to find some Okay, games. I'm going to tell you, that was like, we were going real hard, in, like real hard in the paint, right? Like we we're in these streets. <laughs> and then you said sought. And he it just sort of like English literature in 11th grade. He sought the key. The key could be anything. The key could be the key to life, you know? But he needed that key. He needed, that key, to get through this next, he needed that key to get through the next duck. Don't ever let nothing get between you and going through that next duck. So Harry catches it. Yeah. They open the door. He finds the key. He opens the door. Yeah. I feel like that's symbolism. And next up is Wizard's Chest. Remember, they were playing Wizard's Chest earlier in the book. It was Harry and Ron, and the chess pieces move themselves. You direct it. But this was real life. So we're talking about life size pieces. And oh, Ron. Who's good at chess, though? Ron is good at chess. Right. So think about this. Riddle me this. Entertain me for a little bit. How much influence do you think Dumbledore? had over the teachers when they were selecting what charms they put over this, knowing who he knew was going to try to go through there to get what they had to do and what their strengths was to be able to figure that shit out. I mean, I see what you're saying in that you believe that Dumbledore directed this in a way that would allow for um, Harry to be the hero. No, no, not even that. They could not, he could not have done that by himself. He knew each one of their specific strengths yeah. to get through every stage. Like he couldn't have did that without Ron and Hermione. Oh, yeah. And that was yeah. one of the powerful things that um, they said 
in the first place that we didn't talk about was when he was talking about going. So when Harry, when, when before they went through the door, Harry was like, well, I'm just going to go. Y'all stay here. They was like, my nigga, we don't let you go alone. Yeah. Like that's never been part of the, like you thought that was a choice. Hold on. We have a special guest in the building. Special guest in the building. Hold on. I feel like I never know who's going to come up to after class. <gasps> that sounds like Jamika. That sounds like Jamika. J-E-N-E-E-K-A. If you guys don't remember, Jamika is Adrian's wife. What's up, boo things? She's the original OG friend. Jamika's going to be our guest host today. Is she? Yeah. So Jamika, you are just at the best part, right? So they just, we are talking about Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And we're at the part where Ron, well, where Harry, Ron and Hermione are entering the chessboard. I have to say for all, like most of our listeners who don't know Jamika, the best way that I can describe her is just every time I see her for a little bit, for just a second, I'm like, it's Taraji. <laughs> That's not where I thought you was. I, I definitely thought we we're going to like relate it to Harry Potter. And I was like, she's going to love this. Yeah, huh? just nice and kind and sweet. Cookie in the house. Is it true? You can find the chocolate. Right. No, I'm not. Luna loves it. I firmly believe that Jamiga would be in Slytherin if she was at Hogwarts. What did I get? I think I got Slytherin. I think you're at Hufflepuff. Mika, I feel like I don't know you at all. Oh, no, wait. Which one did you get, Felicia? Hufflepuff. Okay, I think we got the same one. Okay, Slytherin and Hufflepuff are literally opposites. <laughs> no, I know. I know. But I remember Adrian and I being surprised that I got what I got. Yeah, because Adrian thinks you're a bad person and you're not. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. All right, so... This chest Are they gonna hear me chewing if I'm? I don't know. We'll I don't know. Them. So Wizard Chess is a savagery game. It's like basically like um, MMA, but like chess. Like they fight for real, for real. Like they be oh, like yeah, they, they knock them off. Like it's like if you when you if you get knocked off on chess, like you really like gone. Yeah, it's, that's how it's, Wizard Chess is. All their sports like, are the fact that they celebrate Easter and all their sports are so brutal really upsets me. Because people die playing Quidditch, mm -hmm. they die playing the Wizard Cup, they die playing chess. Cuz some ain't right with they these go, people they, go hard. they believe in Jesus enough to celebrate Easter and Christmas. And Christmas. Mm -hmm. You think people who go hard don't celebrate Jesus? That's the thing. I don't understand you. I don't. Not people who put kids in games where they could die. They gotta uh, battle dragons and stuff. Yeah. I don't know what the correct terminology is. Those are, those are white people pit bulls. <laughs> I'm maintaining that. The Englishman's pit bull. Hashtag dragons. Um, so they, they're in the middle of the game. So they, they stand in their places. Some of the pieces leave so that Harry, Hermione, and Ron can mm -hmm. play in real life. So we're talking about life-size board, life-size pieces. Mm-hmm. Ron is playing a strategic game. He gets to the point where he realizes the only way for Harry to take the queen is for him to sacrifice himself. Mm. Well, so Freddie you know, sacrifice himself. I mean, and they knock him out. Like, he's 11. Yeah, he's he's knocked out. out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And I was That's like, one of my favorite lines in the movies, though. And he was like, don't move. We're still playing. Hermione's <laughs> <laughs> like, like, no, we're still playing. That was yeah, so obvious to me. English accents aren't English. It makes you want to watch it again. Yeah, it'd be good. They were so little. They were. In the movie, we don't even see the next uh, challenge. So Right. I thought, you know what? You guys know my hippocampus we broke. So when I was listening to it again, I was like, I don't remember that part happening. I don't either. I was like, did that happen? Because you remember, I started after I saw the movie. I don't think I read Sorcerer's Stone. I started, so I, I started after I read the movie. I did go back and read the Sorcerer's Stone. And every time a new movie came out, I read the whole series again. Oh, you're a mad I read this book a bunch of times. And I'm telling you, this time that I read through, I totally forgot. I, I didn't ever remember all the stuff about Uncle Vernon and his, like, job and what he yeah. did. I don't remember any of that. <laughs> He's not so, they, so after Ron is knocked out, they go to the next. Um, the next is snake's trap and it's a riddle about poison so he's mm -hmm. created like a, a potion and i actually thought it was very smart i tried to spend some time thinking if i could figure it out before Not i got me, girl answer and then i was like i don't have time for this but i did try to write the quote down and i can't even um tell what i wrote down <laughs> well basically what he does is he creates like <laughs> You can't read your writing or you just don't yeah. know what you're trying to say. Oh, I think danger lies before while safety lies behind. Yep, that is true. So one of that's the That's confusing as fuck. That's why I couldn't pass the LSAT, stupid mm -hmm. ass. This shit's hard. They There's didn't put this. Y'all attorneys solved this shit. I bet you half of them couldn't. Out of the seven potions, one will get you through to the next step. And the other oh. one will let you get back because there's um, the purple fire there's like fire on both sides purple and black purple and black black fire and a purple fire so one of the potions will let you get through the back black fire which will get you forward and one will let you back through the purple fire so you can right. get out after you've gotten it right so it's like picking patron and tito's they right it basically is but you're gonna there's go to two, two different destinations oh my goodness let me get my joke off i just heard it i didn't know that's where you were going i would have shut up it was hella funny Right, go ahead. So two of the potions are twins are what they need to figure out. Yeah. Three of them are poison. Mm-hmm. And two I can't remember. Twins. One will get you where you're going. One will get you where you've been. Oh! <laughs> Every now and then that bitch comes through. Hmm? But what were the other two potions? Because there was a total of there seven. There two poisons. Two, there well, was all poisons, but two. I don't know that that's true. Anyway. Hermione figures it out and it's just and like hey, like a savage. But somebody else has already been through there. So there's only like a swallow left. Mm -hmm. so they realize that they can only get one person in and out. Right. So Harry says, I need you to take this going backwards and right. go tell somebody, go to the information, get Dumbledore help Ron. Right. I'm gonna go through here and fight what he thinks is Snape and, and uh, Voldemort. There was two important bars in this uh, scene for me. I was like, I think she gets frustrated when I... She told me to read more and be more active. I'm not frustrated at all. I love this. Okay, so the first part in that was when they're talking about it. Like, Harry was basically like, Hermione, like, you got to figure this out. Like, Harry knew he didn't know what the fuck. Hermione was like, hey, give me a minute. And then when she was like, I got it. Like, I really got it. 
and he was like, you're brilliant. She was like, this isn't magic, it's logic. So yeah. she even knew when like to put the magic down, like, no, this is just your mind. Like this ain't no shit that we learned. Like this is just all logic. And then when they made the decision to, that he was gonna go forward and he go backwards, something that stuck out with me was Harry said, I was lucky before, maybe I'll be lucky again. So all these things too never contributed to him feeling like he had this unique skill set. It was all just a matter of chance and being lucky to him. Okay. I would say though, nobody ever, like he says this a lot. This is a theme throughout the book. And when I look back and I know the whole story, I'm inclined to believe him because at this point, yeah, really, you know, he tried, he's trying to tell people like, listen, yeah. I'm, he's, he is, he has done what every great manager has done. Yeah. He's found talented people to be around him. But I think I'll also be able to tie that to something that was said in the next chapter too. Nope. Make a note. So he takes his little swallow. Ah! Boom, boom. Make a note. I got notes. Uh, Taking notes as I was watching, um, what's it called? Lovecraft Country the other day. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't watch that. Me neither. So Harry only has one swallow to go forward. He takes the swallow. He walks in, fully expecting to see Snape or Voldemort. And that's the end of the chapter. Is behind that motherfucking dough. I like who this. is behind that motherfucking dough. Say you man. know this name before. I bet you don't know because you don't know shit. We got to find out who's fucking with the clip bars. Okay, Jamika, Jamika. Ashley just did that and it made me think. Do you remember the time that we were at that party at Eastern and we were also irritated? Like back in the day when we were young, you'd go to a party and guys mm -hmm. would hang out mm -hmm. and sit in a circle and just think they could rap and nobody could rap. Yeah. So you remember we went to that party? I don't even know where it was, but it was like me, you, Rima. Oh, for your map. Oh, Sorry, but it was me, you, Trima, and some other people. And we just sat around and we're like, all right, let's just spit bars. Let's see how hard this could be. Jesus. You guys grow up. I believe it, but I don't remember. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. Uh, Quirrell basically is just like, no, I'm the one that did all this. And mm -hmm. why, this is like exactly how insecure people work. Mm -hmm. A secure person would have been like, cool, dope. Let me like execute my plan. But he's just so pumped that he did what nobody thought he could do, that he mm -hmm. had to do this whole thing. Nobody thought Quivering Coral would be able to do anything. Right. He counts how he had, he was doing travels across the world and ended up in Romania. Mm -hmm. He was a defense against the dark arts person and then he runs into the i'm gonna say essence of voldemort i don't even know what it's like a spirit i don't i don't understand what was really mm -hmm. no he's oh, just like, like a shell he was like the shell of him right no it's like i feel like i like i guess that's maybe one of the things that we aren't clear of like did he know voldemort before like all this because i feel like he had to have with the with his value that he said he what, what he said he learned from Voldemort I don't think he knew him before I think what it was is that he came across Voldemort and Voldemort as you remember is charming he's somebody who can get you empowered like that's how Hitler was like there's like to me I always think of Hitler when I think of Voldemort because what he's saying is not necessarily like he, he almost makes it sound like his idea of wanting wizard supremacy is to the benefit of muggles 
you know, and he makes him understand what power can do. There is no love, only the, you know. No, there's no good and evil. So he's like Trump. Only power and those too weak, too to, weak seek to seek it. So he's te- like. Bar! <laughs> hashtag Voldemort Scott Bar. If that is not this current world that we live in right now, I don't even know what to tell you. J.K. Yeah. Rowling knew some shit. She was predicting. There's no good, no evil. Only power and those too weak to seek it. So he basically wins Quirrell over and assumes a host uh, leech type relationship and he's living through Squirrel, squirrel. I keep calling him a squirrel. Squirrel's body. I'm, he's probably called squirrel. I, you know, bully people do stupid shit like this. Some well, of the bully kids that join cults or become police officers. Mm. And he became a teacher. Our yeah. teacher. That skinny guy. Uh, Quirrell. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he like he was not as. Um, he had the neck cannon uh, uh, hats on. <laughs> What are they called? Yes, I know what you're talking The turban? Yeah, yeah, the turban on. They, oh. That should have been suspect anyway. Nobody don't have a turban on in the That's not world. who I was thinking of, but I know I know who you're talking about now. Well, speaking of the turban, he's he's actually talking to Harry, and then all of a sudden, Harry hears a voice. When they say, grab the boy. What does he say? Use the boy! Yeah. Use the boy! Quirrell is looking in. Now, all of a sudden, in this room is the mirror of Erised. We would have thought we had schizophrenia. Can you imagine being a human and just going to Hogwarts and just all this shit happening? You know what? You have to be 11. I get a sleep here and be like, my ears ringing. I'm like, fuck, I got schizophrenia. Me too, girl. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) God damn it. I'll see something and I'll be like, oh, shoot, it's happening. Girl, a lash flew by my eye. I almost lost this whole apartment. (laughs) This shit would have been gone. I'll tell you though, like those things are, those things come to light in your 20s, maybe early 30s. So one of the benefits of being in your 40s is like, I made it. Shit, I seen some on, late onset psychosis. We don't count it out yet. Who's the boy? Oh my gosh. So the mirror of error said, all they know is that with each step that they've gone through, there's obviously something that needs to be done. He hears, use the boy and Quirrell grabs Harry puts him in front of the mirror and is like, what do you see? Mm-hmm. And Harry instinctively knows, I can't tell the truth. I gotta, I gotta tell him something else. He says, oh, he won house cup. Then he hears, he lies. So it becomes sort of like a... Comes like a shit show. Like there was mad shit talked to Harry in this moment. Like yeah. they started talking about like, because this is when Why, he says, like, turn around. Like, like, Voldemort was taunting Harry in a way. He was like, oh, you're, you're brave? Your dad was brave. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, but this hasn't even happened yet. All Harry knows is he hears the sound. Then it says, oh. turn around. Well, shit, let me get my bars <sighs> off. Un- unraveling his turban, mm. dude turns around and there's a fucking face on the back of his head. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I remember And he that. talks about the smell, which really grosses me out. Yeah, there was a smell. And he realized it smelled like because it was um, in the back of the dang turn. I bet you it smells like a dirty belly button. Ew. Or like your earrings. Ear. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag friends. That's what it has to. That's what it has to smell like. <laughs> if, he, yeah, if you guys make some Felicia, it's basically 
earring back. If you yeah. don't have an earring, go to somebody with an earring. So is that a fat person thing? Y'all ain't ever had a stinky belly button? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a stinky belly button before. I got a deep ass belly button. What are you doing in your belly button that you know? Nothing is like if you just like if you keep it covered really, too long, yeah. you like have some pants over that bitch, it creates a force field of funkiness. So when you move your <laughs> pants, you, you can just smell it like it's like a waft of air. Yes. I, I would, uh, no, yeah. I've never like just smelled my belly button. I've had a funky belly button. Like just so. had a whiff of belly button. I've had a funky but, belly button. You yeah. know, you might be like getting ready to get in the shower and you're like. And I had, a nigga, I had a nigga who played too much and grabbed and my belly like, button oh, one time belly and belly I knew it was stinky. <laughs> if you knew your belly <laughs> button. You like went to like grab and play around. Yeah. No, it's like, he just did it. He was like, I know why you don't want me to touch your belly button. Ew. <laughs> he was like, it's <laughs> you never did that shit again. I'm a big belly button. It's sorry. Sometimes I'm learning shit. I'm learning stuff. Okay. So Harry's now talking to the back of Curl's head, which is Voldemort. What's that belly button smell like? It smells like Voldemort. Um, now, that you face smell like, though. <sighs> Earring back. <laughs> so actually now this when he's talking about like you're nothing special i came to kill you you tell that part yeah so he was just talking cash money millionaire shit to him you know he, he already you know feels a way about him because he's so perplexed about how this little punk ass little boy took him out and he just started talking shit like you know you want to be brave your daddy was brave i killed him and basically was like your mom wasn't like brave like i had to kill her because she was trying to save your ass he came, he came in with the your mama reference yeah like it was like damn like that's fucked up but it made me think about you know what was the what was the spell about that mirror what, so the the thing about the see mirror what you desire the most your heart's desire, desire. what would so be in your can, mirror what would be in my mirror mm-hmm. happy healthy family drake would be in mine with a happy healthy family meek you mean a room full of birkins i think mine would be the same as yours weak ass dreams go ahead girl you i mean birkins are cool too um and you know i'd have a flat stomach and you know i'd be i'd be on point mm-hmm. that's what i'd look you remember that's what we'll be you looking did back talk about me. this and i said if I looked in the mirror of Erised, the first thing I would do is look back at it. <laughs> you have a big old booty. Big old booty. I would want like a concert like a moment. Booty, like not like a Sharina or Shanita booty, but mm-hmm. I would have a booty that would be like, you know, Felicia got booty. Right. Right. I wouldn't want a concert moment. You know, I always envy people who have like, you know, like you ever watch the Beyonce concerts when she's just breathing and it's like there's a crowd full of people just cheering for you. I want one of those. Yeah. I like when Selena dropped the rose. It was oh. in the stadium. One of those. Or when Whitney Houston sung the national anthem in a, in a sweatsuit Ooh. with a headband. All right. So when Harry looks in the mirror, if you guys remember from a couple episodes ago, he looks in the mirror, he sees his parents. This time he's in the mirror. It's just him, but it's him looking at himself and it's showing the stone and it puts it in his pocket. And as it puts it in his pocket in the mirror, he actually physically feels something drop in his pocket. So now at this point, he realizes he has the social stone in his, in his pocket. And he's got to pretend like he's seeing something else. So there becomes this whole thing where Voldemort's talking shit to him and he's like, he's got it, grab it. 
he grabs Quirrell and Quirrell recoils in pain. And all Harry is like, I don't know how this is happening, but he grabs him again. Mm-hmm. Now at this point, Voldemort's like, kill him. Like, you're a grown ass wizard. He's 11. He, he's had like 10 months of training. Right. You know, you're the dark arts, defense against the dark art teacher. So they've got like a whole thing, but the problem is whenever he touches him, it like burns. So literally mm-hmm. I just, you know, Quirrell doesn't have a lot. He was like, what kind of fucking shit is this? Yeah. So it's like when they discovered herpes for the first time. Oh, Who do you think discovered herpes for the first time? Doctors? Why do you think they call it herpes? Al Capone? They give Why do they call it chlamydia or diarrhea? Why do they call it anything? There's probably a scientific like Latin. Latin well, thing. diarrhea, but then there's stool. Why do they call it poop stool? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry. I know I'm I'm adding, I'm contributing to the conversation on the non-Harry Potter stuff, but that's because this would not be I the black people am not the, familiar with this would not be a one. podcast without some tangents and Tito's. So mazel yeah. tov. Hey. Tangents and Tito's. Did you uh make that up yourself? Yeah, tangents and Tito's trademarked. No, she didn't. I made that up. <laughs> no, you did not. I made that up. She made that up. I think Julio's here too. Look at she's like. So he's gonna be drilling and no doing stuff. Oh, I thought he was putting your thing together. I told him um, I had the podcast, but I'm gonna try to hello. Get him to do it anyways. Okay, you can answer. But so Harry's in the midst of this fight. All he can think at this point to keep himself alive is he grabs Quirrell's face. And as he's doing this, he's like having all these weird thoughts. He starts thinking about the snitch and he sees golden specks. He wakes up and Dumbledore's in front of him. What did he think it was? He thought it was the snitch. Yeah, he's he looking for the snitch. Name. Which I don't and know. It's all Albus Dumbledore. So Dumbledore explains to him. Hey, uh, Dumbledore fucked me up right the here. Little, uh, the little he ball? just saw gold. Yeah, he just saw gold. Why did Dumbledore fuck you up right here? Oh, because I, I want you to keep telling the story. Like the conversation that they have fucked me up a little bit. So he's he's like coming to, and Dumbledore says to him, like, "Hey, I'm here. Things are fine." And Harry's immediately like, uh, the Sorcerer's Stone, the Sorcerer's Stone. He's like, listen, it's, it's fine. We don't worry about the Sorcerer's Stone. He's trying to like recall and help Harry understand what's happened. Harry starts freaking out and realizes at this point when Dumbledore says, listen, I showed up and I pulled Quirrell off of you. When I got to the ministry, I immediately realized that the place I needed to be was at Hogwarts. So Hermione and Ron, if you guys remember, uh, Hermione is supposed to go back, grab Ron, take him um, up to the doctor and send for Dumbledore. But they he actually ran into Ron and Hermione nearly immediately. So he was already back at Hogwarts and realized that whatever he was called to the ministry for was a ruse. So he grabs Quirrell off of him, saves the stone. Uh, Harry's like, wait, when did this happen? Harry's been knocked out for three days. So when Dumbledore, I like that he says, you know, like, oh, this is just, this happened at Hogwarts. We've kept it under the most of secrets. So naturally the entire school knows. Harry looks around and there's like gifts, there's flowers. Everybody has sent him things to help him make him feel better. Ron and Hermione have been besides themselves because it's been three days and Dumbledore basically says like, look, 
you survived, but you were very close to death. And I'm glad I arrived when I did. Um, I like that I wrote something and I have no idea what it says. But Are we at the part where he started to ask Dumbledore, like he was like, can I ask you some questions? Almost. Okay. He basically recaps. He says, well, yes, yes, we are at that part. He's like, Shut up. We have another guest who just entered the, the real life boy who lived who's six foot eight in the Hello, building. Oh, in the house. Shut up. He goes, How long Wait, is the is podcast? This a coincidence that we were talking about him earlier and he showed up? Or did you I just told you. Him? He knows. He felt it. He has a scar on his forehead just like Harry. So here we get to the part where Harry has some questions. Motherfucking questions. He wants to understand, like, what happened to the stone? That's a valid question. Dumbledore he said, want to know how it got in his Hold pocket. On, but Dumbledore prefaced it in a way that was G, like, ask me what you want. I ain't going to lie to you, my nigga. Like, I ain't going to hold you. Like, but this is what it is. Well, he also said, I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm not going to pretend like I'm going to answer all your questions. Right. Depends on what you ask. That's a nigga. Ugh. She says. It's despicable. So they destroyed the Sorcerer's Stone. Your lashes are more noticeable than mine. I paid more than you too. So it's an issue because Harry is concerned about Nicholas Femel dying. I mean, he's 600 in a lot of ages. That empathy in that kid. That empathy in that kid. And so he says, look, like I went to Nicholas Femel. We realized that this is a danger He's got, he, he has enough elixir left to get his orders in a fair, and then him and his wife are going to die gracefully. Okay, so what happened? Did I mean, girls dead, but did uh, Voldemort die? And he's like, no, I don't believe he did. Mm-hmm. I believe that the host is dead, but he lives on. And he's like, but I don't understand. How did I kill Coral? And the yeah. answer is, is that when Harry's mom died for him, she exhibited the type of love that could not be understood or accepted by somebody like Quirrell who would align himself with Voldemort. So mm-hmm. the, the pure touch of Harry Potter, who is... Whatever it is. Is that your wand? Quite. <laughs> Basically, Harry's actions and what he's doing is to protect humankind and what lives in him is his mother's protection. So he... Uh, the kid just walked in and is so embarrassed that I'm having a Harry Potter podcast right now that he's like <laughs> anyway so that's why Quirrell died is because like literally he could not physically take right that love the next but thing, the kicker to that I feel like was when he was like kind of like why yeah that's the next and, question why did Voldemort want me dead right and Dumbledore was like, Dumbledore, and this is what fucked me up, like knowing the conclusion of it all was like, Dumbledore was like, I can't tell you here right now. Like, there's going to come a day where you understand this. And that's like, I don't think that that resonated on me as a younger kid when I first started reading this of like what happened. But for him to say that, like, he knew, he knew when he was fucking 11 what was going to happen. And he was like, I can't tell you right now, but there will come a day and a time that you know why and that's why that's why i said to you earlier like do you feel like he had influence on those other spells knowing what their strengths were going to be to help him get to where he was because he knew 
Dumbledore knew I mean, this his shit. intention was to have Harry do all this. To get to where he needed to go regardless. And he knew he couldn't do it. Like, he knew Ron and Hermione was a part of that. Like, they, it was a team thing. And I was like, that, when I heard him say that, he was like, for him to say, you will know one day, he fucking knew. He yeah. knew before he got to Hogwarts year one how this shit was going to end. So, so now everything that Dumbledore does, I have to question. I do think he learned stuff over time, but at this point, he knew some of the biggest tenets of what the issue with this. Hell no. He knew, like, he knew that from days. I, like, listening to that back fucked me up a little bit. So this is where I recognize for him to say like, "Hey, you ain't gonna know right now, but you'll know. You'll know when you know." In seven years, Um, this is where I realized that Dumbledore was the last challenge, and the last challenge is the Mayor of Erised, and he says, "Well, why? How did I end up with the stone?" And Dumbledore tells him that the only person who could get the stone is the person who didn't want to use it. Mm-hmm. So Quirrell getting in there, or anybody getting in there with the intention of stealing the stone, if the Mirror of Erised is going to give it to you or tell you where it's at, it's only because you're not going to use it. And nobody right. who's trying to actively steal it would want right. it without the purpose of using it. The fact that you want it, but you're not going to use it. Right. So Harry's got most of his questions answered, I guess, but... Uh, he gets released from the infirmary. Nope, there was another motherfucking question. Okay, oh. He asked about Snape. Mm. Why don't Snape fuck with me like that? And Dumbledore was like- He says Snape hated my father because you remember Pearl told him that. So he was like, why don't Snape fuck with me? And Dumbledore told him that he, Snape hates his dad because his dad saved his life. And he, didn't, and he didn't want to be he because they had a very similar relationship to Draco and Harry the fact that his dad saved him probably made him uncomfortable and the reason that he looked out for Harry was to even the score so he wasn't indebted to the memory of, of James Potter right so that he can go back hating his memory I got that message too yeah that's that like listening to all this back and like I said to to know the ending and go back to that like we said before J.K. Rowling is either like a, a witch for real in real life she's a genius or something because just the 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 connections like you 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 have to see that out in a way that's really. So I want to put a pin in something here where I say he said he wouldn't lie and perhaps this isn't a full lie but that was definitely not the truth in my eyes. No, but I I, I want to know more. I, I need to know more of yeah. that story. So after the questions are answered, we agree. Dang, that goes you down a rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, my brain is on fire right now. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so many uh, questions though. Jamika's face. No, yeah. I'm trying to think about what Dumbledore told Harry about his dad and snake. That he saved his life. See, look, look, look. The face right now tells me that when we end this episode, Ashley's going to have to uh, hip you on Look it up. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. really bothered by that. I thought, he, I thought it was because... Um, well, no, no, but that's exactly... Well, 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 okay. Yeah. That's why. That's what I'm saying. Like, he said, I wouldn't lie to you. And I guess this isn't entirely not the truth. Do you think it's if Harry... Do you think, though, if Snape would have got what... Do you think if Snape would have got what he wanted? The whole... Nothing could have happened, and maybe oh, that yeah, was saving his life. This would be a nice saving his life and saving everybody else's life, too. 
It's a, like everything, this entire series doesn't exist if Snape got what he wanted. That's crazy. That's what, see, this is why life is fucked up. Some of yeah, us ain't meant to have want. love. <laughs> Some of us meant to be single and just keep, keep people, just save the world by ourselves. Right. So after this is the, the great feast. And they're like, well, we didn't win the House Cup. We're in last place, but this is going to be good food. And I feel that. So they go and as they're at the feast and they're having a good time and they're trying to rectify the fact that they didn't show very well this year. Um, this is what I, okay, this, I don't like this part actually. And not that I'm a huge Slytherin fan, but up until this point, Slytherin is on top. So the feast is basically celebrating Slytherin as the winners of the house cup. And then Dumbledore interrupts the middle of it to say, look, we've had some last minute adjustments to the point system. Uh, in the middle of this whole thing, Dumbledore gets up and says, we have some last minute additions, essentially gives 50 points to Ron for a great game of chess, 50 points to Hermione for being able to figure out the riddle, 50 points to Harry. I don't know. It was like some emotional stuff that he says about Harry. So now they're on par with Slytherin. And everybody's like, what? Oh my gosh, we're co-house champs. And then he says, and it is often easy to stand up to our enemies, but it is much harder to stand up to our friends. Right. And he awards 10 points to Gryffindor for Neville trying to keep them from getting in trouble. Neville. So at this point, everything in the hall changes from green and silver Ooh. to gold. And oh gosh. it's going it? to be like when the election happens and Biden and Kamala win. But here's the thing. I thought well, that I was so rude. I could not believe, like, Dumbledore is so short-sighted. You said you couldn't believe what? I couldn't believe Dumbledore did that. Like, that was so rude. It's like, yes, I know we don't like Slytherin. That's but what's wrong with these kids now. Like, they got to build disappointment in them. Come on, man. Like, you should have gone in there without... Steve Harvey awarded a bitch Miss Universe and took it away. <laughs> She's okay. He didn't, he didn't let her give a speech and flout about for 35 minutes before it was like, oh, wait a minute, I fucked up. They went in there with all of the Slytherin stuff. I want you guys to know my dream wedding is a great hall wedding. I would go with that. They're all gonna play a role. I would fuck with that. Giant fucking turkeys out there. I'll just, can I marry you? No. Are you ordained? Actually, I'm not opposed to that. There's one person I I didn't always envision would marry me. So if he dies first, then yeah. Okay, but who is he? His name is Lee, brother Russian. Oh. I feel like it would be a close connection to my grandmother. Oh, okay. I was oh. like, are you making that up? No, I'm not. His, <laughs> that picture of my grandma Russian and Russian. that lady, um, her name was Mother Hazel, and that's her uh -huh. son. Oh. And so I feel like that would be the closest thing I have. How old is he? I think he has a long time. I think the chances of you doing that are pretty slim. Okay. Well, I'll he, I mean, he doesn't seem very healthy. Sure. Um, I'll be right, sure. It'll be fine. Hey, there is, there was a bar that, um, so maybe I'll let you finish this story and then I'll go back to my bar. Okay, well, the end of the story is really that now Gryffindor has won the House Cup for the first time in like something like 10 years. It's not been a huge amount of time, but Slytherin's just been winning, winning, winning. Right. So when they announce that, it's not just 
Gryffindor who's excited. Like Slytherin has been winning so much that Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff are just excited for them not to be on top. So after they win the House Cup, it's time to go home. People say goodbye. Hermione's trying to say bye to Harry and, and Uncle. Um, he ready to fall out, girl. And she's like, he's the worst human ever. And it's just kind of a sad, like, womp, womp ending that he's like, yeah. but he's so excited from everything that's happening. He's like, all right, well, at the very least, they don't know I can't do magic. No. Doom, 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 Okay, so I'm going to ask the two of you. From these two chapters, who do you think the real MVP is? Hermione. Ashley. Hermione. I think Hermione too. Do you think? Yeah. There was a bar though that to me when I was reading it like stuck out when um, Dumbledore told Harry, "Fear of the name increases fear of the thing itself," and that was a bar. That was definitely a bar. And like I said, I feel like this is really a story of like true resilience. Like just even the title of the boy who lived is nuts. But then the way that he, everything that should have been instinct to him, like survival, Mm self-preservation, just me, 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 me. He was the complete opposite in that. Like he had a shared sense of like, like, like a lot of like abuse kids that you see, like they hoard things, they like, they are me, 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 like self, it's self-preservation mode. And he had the complete opposite instincts of all those things, which is super perplexing to me. And also thinking about moving forward of why Harry was so opposed to power, right? And thinking of what can make you the master of anything, the elder of anything, Harry was super against. And I think it goes back to when Coral said, there's no good, there's no evil, only power bar and i'm out this bitch season two coming soon motherfuckers